0: United States submarine base at Key West Florida. They dispatched that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist.
1: I've experienced... such adversity? That the fact that I am here tonight is testament to my fucking strength. I don't know what you're saying. Thank you for saying that because
0: (laughs) 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 I have something
1: so terrible.
0: Oh, Um, you wanted to tell a story? Yeah. Well, first off, who are you? I am revolted.
1: Hi, revolted. (laughs) I'm Dad. Good one. Thanks. Who are you? Well, you're gonna, are you gonna say your shit? I'm oh, Yeah. Hi, Noel. I'm revolted. Um, I went, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna start dry heaving again. Okay. I went to a wedding mm-hmm. and we stayed in a big ass farmhouse and the entire basement, like Question. bottom part. Yeah. Whose farmhouse? It was like an Airbnb. Okay. Uh, and the entire like bottom, living area, fully furnished. They had an entire game room. When I say an entire game room, it was like mansion size where they had like a basketball thing, arcade games, like foosball, air hockey, the works. It was like a really nice place. And then the rooms, like the ceilings were so high that they converted it, like all the rooms into these just epic bunk bed lounges. And the bunk beds, there were like maybe two or three that were a full sized, but everybody had their own like queen size bunk bed and they were super duper cool. Um, I got to the wedding. Al- well, the, the event a little bit late, everybody mm-hmm. went up on like Friday morning, but i worked. So I came up on like Saturday, like an hour or two before the wedding. And um, we were kind of like dancing around. My jaw started hurting. I ate croutons uh-huh. in the life. Yeah. So I didn't stay up that late. And because it was a huge shared room, there was a few people who had already passed out drunk in the room. So I did not turn on the light to go to bed. I just kind of used my phone and then I crawled up to the top because me and Oliver are in one of the top bunk beds and I laid down and I was cold. I'm always cold. So it the way that they had the bunk bed set up is it wasn't just one queen mattress. It was like two foals next to mm-hmm. each other. Um, and they all had like their own individual bedding, their own individual sheets, things like that. Um, I just take Oliver's blanket. Cause you know, fuck him. And he was out partying and I'm all curled up and I'm fucking cold still. And it's still dark. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get under my blanket so that I'm warm. Um, but because my jaw's hurting, I am tossing and turning for hours. I went to bed before nine, but I probably didn't fall asleep until like after one. And the whole time I'm just in miserable pain. Um, I finally fall asleep when I wake up in the morning, I am still in pain, uh, like a little bitch and I'm like whining. Oliver goes to find me medicine. He brings me some water and some ibuprofen and Tylenol. And I sit up and, uh, I'm chewing my medicine. Um, yep. Because again, Chelsea can't can't swallow like a normal person. Yeah. So my jaw's hurting. I'm chewing medicine and I was cold all night and I was tossing and turning, um, the the covers of the blanket that i was in were still kind of like relatively tucked in it was like a very tight tuck so um i went to lift my knees up to sit up and i had to i just pushed the blankets back and i look and there is just blood everywhere and i was like oh my God, I got my period in this bed and Uh I start fucking feeling and I look, you know how you can check and I like look at my underwear and I'm like, nothing. Not on my underwear. I get real close to the blood. I get real close like this, like right Mm -hmm. the fuck up to it. Yeah. And if I had to describe it, imagine blood that was applied thickly, like you're putting like a spatula into a vat of blood (laughs) and just (laughs) like frosting it like a cake. Right? Uh-huh. That's how much blood yeah, is yeah. on there. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? And I'm checking everything. And oh, the realization. No, oh, God. What? The realization <laughs> that it wasn't my blood. Huh, but it was just, <laughs> oh, my God. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> the realization that I slept in someone else's peanut butter blood. <laughs> So fucking hard <laughs> blood. that I barrel rolled out of the bed and I pulled all the sheets off and I was like, I had a secret and I found Oliver and I'm like, Oliver, you have to take me <laughs> home right now. I'm like, why are you still sick? And I'm like, look at this. And I like undo the sheet and Oliver looks at this and he's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, <laughs> Oliver, it's blood and it's not mine. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> 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 oh my god, I. Oh, my God. I was like spraying hand sanitizer all over myself when I got home. I think I took a 40-minute scalding hot shower, and I mm-hmm. will never be clean again. <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: don't understand how you didn't investigate that more. You just bounced. You just what bounced, would you do? Flagging. I wouldn't be like, hello, hi, someone's blood is all over this
1: fucking sheet. It had I- to have been. Somebody slept in that bed, bled all the fuck over it, tucked the sheets in. It congealed, coagulated, and swelled, and then my happy ass comes in congealed, and fucking rolled. Coagulated in it. and
0: swelled. It I would have,
1: I would have brought thick. it around
0: like I was like a a Jewish parent after their kid got married. You know how they would make them fuck and then air the sheet out. I would have Another been, chastity blanket. Yeah. I would have been like, who, who? No. Oh my Maybe god! Maybe that's what it was. You were there at a wedding.
1: I don't think so. Because Oliver was like the first one there, and the bed had been like that, so that Seinfeld just, episode where the they thing. like tuck the bed in.
0: That sounds like the Airbnb host didn't clean those oh. sheets properly. So yeah. that could have been a refund for the bride and groom.
1: I didn't want to see anything, man.
0: Because I was like, they paid a lot all of things. Th- everybody
1: was staying there for free. And it was like, yeah. who do I even fucking bring it up to? I walk up to the bride and I'm like, excuse me. Ma'am, there seems uh, to have been coagulated blood on the sheet. I just, yeah, I just slept. I'm the jelly. And I just slept <laughs> in the peanut butter blood. Because yeah. it's seriously like.
0: <gasps> also, well, look at this Ross. distinguished gentleman. He looks
1: very handsome. Hi, Apollo. I always yell at him. Yeah, I yeah I'm wearing him. headphones. Um I've been Hi, watching a lot of Husky video, uh, videos on TikTok. Yeah. And they all remind me of just Apollo. I don't know why, because he doesn't scream. Like oh, he does Husky if does. Cora's
0: gone. Do you not True. remember that footage yeah. I posted on yeah. my close friend's story from my ring? He screams bloody murder and he doesn't stop. He screamed for an hour and a half straight, and no breaks. I love it. That's what I did on the way home from the <laughs> and he hits that like really high octave where his throat completely opens up and it's just like ah! it's like it a post song where he's like ah! <laughs> you just like, yelled so hard that it went completely nothing to me your mic is <laughs> cut out yeah well what do you uh, want
1: buddy that's what i did when i got home i just screamed <laughs> for it oh, i felt i still felt gross like look at me I've just become depression personified because I was so fucking grossed out. Look at how gross I was going right to say now. I like
0: your shirt, but okay. I attended <sighs> meetings like this today.
1: Yeah, I attend meetings like this. Dog, the you look fuck? put together. Get the fuck out of my face! I'll kill you. You look fine I'm wearing your shirt. I know that's why it looks so good. <laughs> All right, here you we go. For this speaking of blood and disgusting linens. Speaking of lies and fallacies. All right. I genuinely did my best to pull the facts from as many non-biased sources as possible. I did not go to a single conspiracy website. I did not go to a single Reddit thread. I went to actual, like, like National Geographic level. Well, can we say a few things, too? By the
0: way, if you... We're talking about the Shroud of Turin, just so everyone knows. The Jesus the blanket, blanket.
1: Just kidding, it wasn't. The it was. Jesus
0: Blanket that Chelsea brought up in passing. Like, I wouldn't yeah. hone on it a few episodes yeah. ago. And I want to say, before we get into this, because I immediately was like, I I know in my heart of hearts this is all bullshit, fake nonsense. But I went to go look up, like, there was a TED Talk about it, um, which I consider to be... I don't know, the Holy Ghost. Jewish guys, TED Talk. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. And um, I was upset at how YouTube immediately suggested all of the religious paraphernalia. Like, all yeah. of the religious people, like the Catholic diocese and shit, all their fucking videos first. I'm like, suck my dick backwards, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, show me... The, the non-biased sure. opinion. Show me the atheist talking scientific fact exclusively. And you Does got the atheist
1: sense. shoes guy in a TED Talk.
0: Yeah, but like even that was still like...
1: It didn't close. tell you what you wanted to hear, so you didn't like it? No, it did tell me a lot of things, but it just... I don't know. All right. Well, for those of you who are confused, this entire episode stems... From a one-off comment I made about Jesus having blood type AB, and (laughs) Noelle honed in on it like a heat-seeking missile, (laughs) and here we are. Um, I had
0: no idea that this was even a thing that existed. How did you know that this was a thing? I feel like I was
1: born knowing about it. Who told you? Your church? I've never – no, but I've never existed in a world where I haven't known that the Shroud of Turin exists.
0: It was like, it's
1: all fucking Greek to me, dude. Everything and that you were saying about it. I made a point to put the actual Shroud of Turin at the head of this document because when I showed you like the x-ray picture of it, mm-hmm. you're like, that's so fake. And I'm like, that's not what it actually looks like. This is what it looks like here. Um, so let's describe what the sh- Shroud of Turin is. And I sure. put this from Wikipedia, which I thought was very fairly unbiased. Um, quote, the Shroud of Turin is a length of linen cloth bearing the negative image of a man. Some claim the image depicts Jesus of Nazareth, and the fabric is the burial shroud in which he was wrapped after crucifixion. That's mm-hmm. like the nuts and bolts there the Shroud of Turin. Um, so before we jump into the actual debate around the shroud of Turin, I want to like cover some of the more non-debatable facts. Um, And this is paraphrased from history.com.
0: Reliable source.
1: I thought so. Um, So first, the Shrouded Turin's first historical documentation that we found comes from Leary, France in the mid-1300s. And I want to point out that we're not counting the Bible. Thank you. It is mentioned in the Bible, um, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, but it's first, like, accepted source the mid 1300s the shroud was presented to the dean of the church of leary by a french knight named joffrey de charny and there is no evidence of where he actually got the shroud or where it had been in its previous like quote unquote 1300 years of existence Mm -hmm. Um, in 1389, a French bishop named Pierre de Arcis reported to Pope Clement VII, um, and this pope, I looked it up, is the one who refused to let Henry VIII divorce his first wife, Catherine, to marry Anne Boleyn. So this is about the time frame. Um, anyway, Pierre tried to get the pope to say that the shroud was a work of a forgery artist. So in response, the pope did declare the shroud was a fake. And this was mm-hmm. in 1389.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree. Um, the shroud bounced around for a while. Different people owned it. It was kept in different families of affluence. Um, different religious clergy had it for a while. And then there it was involved in a fire in 1502, which is why when you look at the shroud, there's like those weird burned bits on it. That's from the main fire. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was subsequently transferred to the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist, which is located in Turin in 1578 and has remained there ever since with an asterisk it was moved in world war ii because of the nazis um but this is where it gets its famous name of the shrouded turret it was
0: also like restored after the fire
1: yes there are parts that you can see on here um where the linen is significantly lighter that is where it was repaired by nuns It also has a backing on it. Liars for Christ. (laughs) Um, It also has a backing on it that was also added. And we'll definitely go into that too. But we can post a picture of what the shroud looks like, or you can Google it. It just looks like a piece of cloth that wiped up a bunch of coffee. (laughs) That is what it looks (laughs) like. like. Um, Yeah. So for those of you who have not seen the fabric, um, just make a note that if you do Google it, a lot of the images you see will be Photoshopped enhancements. Um, and that's because the cloth itself isn't very remarkable. Um, most of us probably wouldn't pay it a second chance. Like I personally think the coolest part of it is that it has clearly been folded and you know, when you like fold up paper and then you cut a design in it, like a snowflake, Mm -hmm. the burns and the stains kind of make those weird designs. (laughs) Like it almost looks like a Rorschach test. Um, I think that's the most interesting thing, but you have to look really hard to see any image of a man on it. And it's not remarkable. Like we'll just call it hashtag facts. Yeah. But if you look at it real close and actually invert the image so that you can see it's negative, that's when the image of a man appears and it looks as if it's burned into the fabric itself.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So it's easy to see why something like this would gain traction in the religious world, especially when Christianity's most famous victim of crucifixion was none other than Jesus himself. So let's jump into the 1970s. During this decade, the Shroud of Turin Research Project made the claim that the cloth had stains consistent with the wounds of what could have come with a crucifixion. And it was this group who really reignited the thought that this was a bonafide burial cloth of a crucifixion victim. They weren't necessarily making the argument that it was the cloth of, that wrapped up Christ after his death.
0: Yeah. It had the the wounds on the hands and the feet. And it also had um, blood in where it would have been like a, what is that called? Spirit dust. Yeah. A spear being mm-hmm. jabbed between your rib cage.
1: It definitely looks like a crucifixion victim. Um, but it, everyone was getting crucified. It was nothing right? yeah. special. That was yeah. just the way of the day. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, and I think that's why it's important that they weren't necessarily making. They were just trying to see if it was an actual crucifixion linen cloth. Um but obviously with something like this, Jesus is just going to come along with it. Um, and it is fair to dismiss the shroud as one of those like Jesus in the French toast type of miracles. Um, mm-hmm. Humans notably put patterns and faces into everything we see, but this, the shroud takes on a kind of a life of its own. And that's the why shroud it's so debated. Looks like negative film. Like when
0: you get a negative film reel and you put it up to the light to look at it, Yeah.
1: Like that's what the shroud looks like. Yeah. It, it, um, and the image is like almost so clear that it is, I would look at it and I'd be like, there's no way that that could be Mm -hmm. created from the times, like maybe modern times. And I think that's also part of why people are like fake. That's fake. There's no technology that would allow somebody to do that. Um, but that kind of comes along with the debate surrounding the shroud, Um, And that's because science cannot nail down exactly what it is. Um, We know it's a linen cloth, but as far as like the image, that's where we're going to get into a little bit more of the discussion surrounding the controversy of the shroud. Um, Because a test will come along and be like, this is proof. And then another one will say, not proof, proof, not proof, proof, not proof, but they never actually challenge each other. Um, and the tests that they're doing are all scientific tests. So it just kind of depends on what you want to pick and choose and believe. So we're going to try to present it and let people make up their own mind. Mm -hmm. So in 1988, my birth year, what's up? Um, there was a group of scientists from the United States and Switzerland who got together and carbon dated the shroud. They found that it did not come from 33 AD and were able to place its origin date as part of the middle ages sometime between 1260 and 1390. This is from history.com again. Yeah. But in 2013, another group of scientists from Italy used infrared light and spectroscopy, spectroscopy, um, (laughs) which is basically carbon dating with lasers Mm -hmm. and more accurately placed the shroud's creation is sometime between 280 BCE and 220 CE, which would have been roughly when Christ would have been 33 years uh, old. That feels just like... Too, ah,
0: I hate that. I hate that not because I'm like, it disproves. It almost just bolsters my conspiracy that people have come together recently to try to justify that this is Jesus well, because we are straying away from the lies of Christianity and going to reality-based facts. So, and they're so at- you're like, oh, actually, oh, actually, not from the Middle Ages, even though the fucking Jesus that the Jesus that you see on that shroud looks like a man from the Middle Ages. It does not look like a Middle Eastern Jewish man from 280 BCE. It looks like the cat Roman Catholic, like I mean,
1: it looks Henry like a the fucking eighth version. No, it looks election. like a it looks like a Middle Eastern Jesus. No, if someone showed that not. to me, I'd be like, it looks like Jesus. That man is a skinny Caucasian. All right, from you are lying to yourself. Of look at that. Oh my God. Noelle, I'm not gonna say it out loud. I'll text it to you, but like, look at that. Look at that. Look at it. No, no that that's Jewish not even. Man, that that's a not Jewish even. Man. That is a skinny, slim faced man from the mountains of Cox. All right. Well, whatever. All I'm saying is what happened and what they say went wrong with the original carbon dating is that they pulled from the edges because everybody's too scared to obviously cut into the main image itself. And the edges were repaired by Middle Eastern nuns. That's the explanation of why the original carbon dating was wrong. I dare say, but some things to note, and I'm not gonna like fully swing one side or the other, Noel. So this paragraph is for you. Um, churches in mid- medieval times were required by uh, by religious law to have. Nice, you were gonna point. sound that one out. <laughs> I know. I thought I when I was fucking typing it out, I'm like, how do you say canonical? Is it can-on-on-ical? canonical? Canonical. Is it canonical? Canonical. Um, Canonical. Well, I would have nailed it. Damn it. I just got to believe in myself, you know? (laughs) Um, But they were literally required to have a religious relic in their possession or in their possession at some time. So this is why so many churches, specifically like Roman Catholic churches, churches in Europe, old Mm -hmm. churches, have the remnants of martyrs that are on display. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there was a huge fad called catacomb saints. That went on between the 16th and 19th centuries where the catacombs of Rome were essentially raided and exhumed for early Christian bodies, which were then decorated in gold and precious stones and then shipped off to different churches to serve as their required holy relics. I kind of love that, though. I Um,
0: kind of like I feel like putting a holy relic
1: inside of a church actually gives it power. I found one that is so fucking cool. And I'm going to send you a picture of it now. It's like a Bavarian martyr that they have. um, I'm not going to be able to find it now, but like, look, I'll just send you like the Google link. But if you just do Bavarian, holy relic and they have these like giant gold adornments of just like a single piece of like femur bone. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I'll slack it to you. I'm Um, such a fan oh my God, that would be like really cool to do something about like some of these religious relics because there's a ton of hoaxes. Um, yeah. No shit. Like this <laughs> route. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because what would happen is some of these churches were so desperate to be listed as like an authentic church or like the bishops or the church leaders in there were greedy for money or like the stability that churches provide. Um they fucking faked it um they faked their holy relics for authenticity and in fact the the museum of the bible which i didn't know existed um in washington dc actually came out in 2018 and said that um, after extensive testing they discovered that some of their artifacts were fake Um, and the museum came forward because they wanted to show that they are dedicated to scientific authenticity of their exhibits, and they didn't want the public to believe that science and nature cannot go hand in hand. So, a bunch of the Dead Sea scrolls that were discovered in 2018, this museum actually came out and said like eight of them were fake, or proved fake. Um, I knew it. I knew it. So, well, hard pill to follow on that one. So, it, it for I'm you. Not, not really.
0: <laughs> well, like, uh, I mean, no. as long as there peace and love, as long as as there are gullible people of religion, there will always yeah. be pirates making fakes. The greatest example yeah. recently is with the Mormons, and which also I think proves everything that we need to know because, like, it's it's just the perfect allegory, right? Like this dude's like, I found a bunch of. Mormon historical documents that would prove the gospel wrong and the church was like I will pay and there is no amount I will not pay to yeah. like not get those from being leaked because you know. So
1: same shit, yeah. same shit. Can we actually go off on like a slight Mormon tangent real quick? I you know I love them. Did you see that soaking? People are being made aware of soaking. I had no idea that people didn't know about the Mormon soak. And yeah, for dude. those of you who don't know what the Mormon soak is, um, the act of vaginal penetration by a penis isn't necessarily losing virginity, according to some, it's the thrusting. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is, um, people are convincing, uh, their romantic partners to penetrate vaginally and then not move. But there's a part two, because you bring in your thrust buddy who bounces the bed yeah. and gyrates kick- the bed. Yeah. So that you can soak in your romantic partner and your friend wiggles the bed so that you're not causing the movement of – you're not causing, you know, the penis to go in and out. Mm -hmm. It's the shaking. And so you still are a virgin in the eyes of God.
0: Yeah. uh, No one knows about soaking besides these fucking weirdos in this goddamn state.
1: Dude, I – was talking to Mia, my our beautiful Australian friend, and people mm-hmm. are asking her if it's real. And I'm like, I know people who used to soak. I never thought that it was real um, because it just seems so outlandish
0: to me. Just like get fucked in the ass, losers. Right. But um, I now realize that it is real. Yeah. it felt like a meme, um, but I guess
1: it is real, and I guess people do it. But so real, you know. Well, because like I knew who would. Soak and girls was not Mormon, but that's how he convinced Mormon girls to have sex. He's like, let's just soak. Wow. <laughs>
0: you imagine How, though? how like, is anyone getting off? Like peace and love. Like seventeen vibrators have to be on like full blast on my clit for me to feel anything. I, I couldn't just like chill there. Like I couldn't. Just it's be, not like, about oh. the girl in that point.
1: Let's just be honest.
0: It's not even about the girl. For them, even for them, what the They're fuck? They're stupid. What? They don't know. They're so That's, like, this, that's like the same dude who is like on YouTube. Like I can make myself come mentally without touching myself. Have you seen those videos? Cringe same shit. Have you seen, you you
1: haven't seen those? No. But (laughs) you should interview one of them. (laughs) I don't want to talk to that man. These dudes tell girls like, well then let's just soak and then they get in there and they're like, you feel so good. I'll love you forever. And then the girls all caught up in the moment and then they Mm. agree to mild thrusting.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Oh, gotta love them. I bet they wish they were Catholics. They could just go do some Hail Marys about it. Or they just do it in the butt. True, God's back
1: door. Yeah, <laughs> can't fine. See. Can't see. Um. So let's, just, for God's sakes, so let's circle what, back to what this round in the butt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be a real Mormon. Honor Christ by only doing
1: anal. Yeah. You mm-hmm. fucking posers. And then and then <laughs> this is gonna be too crap Can't take the sacrament after it though. Because the whole thing is like you can't spill your seed,
0: right? You know what? Guess what? You can't get pregnant in your ass. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know. So yeah. you're welcome, Christian woman. You went real, to Bible camp. So real, real. So many hand jobs happened on that bus too. Uh, again, no one, no one's vag is being penetrated, but seed was spilled, and that is a crime in the eyes of God. So you know, yeah. be a real Christian woman. And unprotected sex in the ass exclusively. Yeah, and then you just do a handstand after, so it
1: stays in there. (laughs) he cough it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, gross. Anyway. Um, So, but speaking of uh, (laughs) stuff leaking out of your anus, the Vatican... (laughs) really wanted to throw whatever they could at the shroud (laughs) like little boys (laughs) yeah no they use the shroud to hide the little boys Um, (laughs) but they wanted to throw whatever they could at the shroud and see how well it could hold up to scientific scrutiny um they don't didn't want to be caught with their pants down so to speak (laughs) they get caught doing that again you know um so in the bible The crucifixion story is very well documented, um, including the fact that Jesus was wrapped in a linen cloth. He was anointed with aloe and myrrh, and according to Christian belief, on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead and left an empty tomb. With a bunny inside of it and eggs. Yeah, for some linen fabric behind. Um, Now, the shroud, if if the shroud is really the linen which wrapped up Jesus' body, then it disappeared for a whopping 1,300 years before that's it was brought That's time, a long fucking dog. time, dog. That's a Very long, long time. fucking
0: time, dog, for some yeah. shit to go down to a piece of fabric. Also, right. like, peace and love, where the fuck was it previous to that? It just appeared. That's the we have no idea at all. See, no that's idea. what I'm saying. Just like I would also, if I was a religious leader, be like, we've got a fucking, what's something in the Bible that we can, you know, manifest into reality that we can create. Just like the fucking Dead Sea Scrolls, dude.
1: Um, the, the goblet, the chalice of Christ, the Holy grail. Yeah. Why couldn't I think of that? Because <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's because I've been mixing wine and beer this whole episode and that's it's just disgusting. melting my stupid brain.
0: It's disgusting. It's, not,
1: it's a spritzer.
0: That's not a spritzer. That's beer and fucking well, wine. It's a Utah you spritzer.
1: Know, I'm a Utah you know virgin what had? and uh, I'm drinking
0: Utah spritzer. <laughs> I had a fucking, uh, alcoholic Arnold Palmer in a can last night bro that's it sounds good i think i've had one of those before oh my god it wasn't a twisted tea unfortunately but it was like it literally had a little picture of the little golf man um it tasted like straight up tea it tasted perfect um even i could even taste sometimes like the alcohol in like a Vizzy or a Mm -hmm. white claw like it doesn't taste like seltzer water to me it tastes like alcoholic seltzer water this shit straight up what i would call frat boy juice it tastes just like an arnold palmer almost zero alcohol i chugged two you know what to the movie theater
1: i bet you are peeing out your butthole because of mild alcohol poisoning
0: no i didn't go that hard i, I said on, mild i was on stimulants you soaked <laughs> i did soak. alcohol poisoning i did um i did soak uh, substances that is but, also
1: fun. But maybe not, that's it. Maybe you hallucinated too hard. And now ghosts are coming out of your butt. It feels like that, dog. It feels like that. So, and it's like you said, um, where the fuck was the shroud for yeah. 1300 years before Joffrey de Charny fucking Getting brought, fucking brought it, it to France? whipped up, dog. Get yeah. whipped up. So let's go into the conspiracy of forgery.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> conspiracy in italics. And bold underline. So
1: first, um, the first of these forger or those forger conspiracies is that it was created by somebody painting on the linen itself, or painting on glass, and then setting up the glass so that the sun kind of like burned. Yeah, a shadow basically image. like an old school photograph. Yeah. Um, and some skeptics say that like maybe the forger painted a corpse and then wrapped the linen around it or that they actually inflicted those wounds on somebody for the sake of like recreating the crucifixion in some weird. Uh, Christians have done worse it. for less. Yeah. Or that they like put the linen over a living person, pretended that those wounds were real and then like made it damp so that it would kind of like soak on them. My favorite theory is that Leonardo da Vinci managed to create a process one could only describe as a medieval photograph. I believe it. I think that's the funnest one, like the funnest forgery. Um, it's hard to like really nail down what, if any of those were possible though, just because there are qualities to the shroud that forgery explanations don't account for. So In 1898, an Italian lawyer named Segundo Pia was tasked with taking the first photos of the shroud. And now old photography required the use of negatives, which is the first time modern man actually saw the full image of the shroud in all its glory. That's when I posted here. Um, So what happened was this guy took a picture of the shroud. And when he held up the negative, that's when he saw like the more realized image of the crucifixion victim that was burned into the shroud. Um, but artistic skeptics do argue that this isn't a true negative um, or that the colors on this negative don't really match what Christ was described to look like. So like the only I explanation, said- yeah, they were like, if this was... A crucifixion victim, they would have had to be an albino, which is not mentioned of Jesus in the Bible. And there are no historical documents ever saying that Jesus or the Messiah was an albino, which is what this negative seems to suggest. Um, and they're like, if it was something like that, it would be fucking mentioned in the Bible. So it wasn't until 17 or 1978 that the shroud was fully investigated, again, by that research team. um, And it consisted of American researchers and scientists. They were allowed full access to the shroud for five days. And their job was to see where the image on the linen came from or how it could have formed. So in this group was a Jewish photographer who later went on to do a Ted talk Mm -hmm. named Barry Schwartz. And he actually originally turned down the project because he's Jewish and had literally no interest in Christ whatsoever. Um, But for the sake of science, like he finally did kind of get topped into it. For the sake of science and also a free trip to Italy. Yes. That's why he did take the trip fully. He was like, I wanted a free trip to Italy. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was surprised that upon his initial examination, he said it was obviously not a painting. And what he meant by that was that there were no pigment deposits or brush strokes on the fabric. And he was also surprised that repairs had been made to the shroud which consisted of replacement sections from a fire and that backing fabric Um, and this is where that incorrect carbon dating comes from because people were just taking clips of the edges which were all repaired and the team was also surprised that during their examination that the shroud was 100 without a doubt a photograph painting or some other work of art but just because it wasn't those things doesn't necessarily that they knew what it was exactly. Um, they just couldn't find evidence that of any f- like photographic history or any pigment or any other art form like charcoal deposits that we knew of at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They did get all of their evidence peer reviewed and published. But the art world, surprisingly enough, were the ones who really came hard about at these scientists because they're like, you just because you know something about like carbon dating doesn't mean you know anything about like artistic history. Yeah. Specifically forgery. And there was one man who was kind of part of the research team who did disagree with the shroud's authenticity, but he actually never went to Turin to examine the cloth itself, but he does say it's something more akin to just being a really good painting. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to pull his stuff really into the podcast episode because there's other people who actually did examine the shroud and have evidence against it. But I do want to like do my due diligence and say out of this entire research team, one person didn't think it was real. And it was the only one who didn't examine it. Interesting. Um, the research team like absolutely disputes the idea that this could be a painting. There's no reasonable explanation how a painting could be applied to a linen without pigments that actually penetrate the fibers. Mm -hmm. And they claim that during medieval times, it was common for people to make physical copies of images, which by like making a tracing with paint. So they do say that there are paint deposits on the shroud, but not enough for them to actually conclude that the shroud is a painting. So basically there are areas where there is paint, but it's not prevalent enough for them to explain other colors that, or burned I mean, prevalent
0: enough as in something, you know, 1,300 years of being missing couldn't have erased.
1: Well, it could be erased, but the fact that there is a clear image and that image is not created by paint. That we know of. That we scientifically cannot determine. Mm-hmm. Um, And another compelling piece of evidence came through after the research team put the linen through a piece of equipment called a VP8 analyzer. Um, And then it gave, like, no further explanation what that fucking was. So according to Google, yeah, I was like, what? I've never heard of that. Is that like a drink? Um, Get it? V8. V8. Nice one. You're good. I know. Um, According to Google, this piece of tech uses x-rays to convert image density into um, a topographical image. So basically what happened is they analyzed the density of the fabric and they could see that once they analyzed it, a topographical 3d image of a person was there. Um, Essentially what that means is um, the, the hardness of how some of that color is applied in the linen when they analyzed it did take shape of a body. Um, so it goes less it goes against the idea this could be a painting but what it also could be is that somebody placed a fabric over a person and did more of like a rubbing Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: tapped pigment on it so it doesn't necessarily disprove um, that it wasn't created by somebody with artistic features but it definitely disproves that it was a paint take the researchers do just like kind of scoff at this dismissal but it could still be a piece of art um yeah because they say that if anyone on earth could possibly make a linen composite via rubbing in the same way that they will dismiss the shroud as fraud once and for all but just because we don't know how to do it now doesn't really mean we didn't know how to do it then and the art form was just lost yeah um otherwise we would explain every fucking Thing in the anthropological world
0: um, yeah which is it doesn't exist we we lose information I mean NASA claims that they lost the formulas that got us to the moon so
1: but you're lying they just don't want to go back to the moon because they know that they couldn't go back to the moon because we never went to the moon I mean you know
0: you know just so hashtag facts now hash, I mean you know how I feel about the moon landing I think mm-hmm. that we had to fake it because we were in the middle of a cold war and we needed to get a dub over Russia Um, but anyway but anyway but but
1: i have the biggest piece of chocolate in my mouth
0: yeah good i just because this isn't a fully like realized piece of art as in like someone sat with a you know an easel and a fucking paintbrush Mm -hmm. and did it doesn't mean that it's not like a forged image
1: right and i do agree um just because it's not a painting doesn't Paintings are not the only art form that exists. Yeah. I do think that the science that we can like measure the weight of like an image. No, yeah. I think the realism Um, of it
0: would suggest that there was um, like someone underneath it
1: or around it. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing is, according to the Bible, Jesus was a bloody pulp at the time of crucifixion he was whipped with a special kind of Roman torture device called a flagrum, that had like a bunch of leather thongs on the end of it. But at the end of each of those thongs was like a weight so that when you're getting whipped, like there's an intense power behind it and it would just cut you the fuck up. Yeah. Um, And a forensic pathologist studied the shroud and did make the argument that you can see 120 or more of these whip marks on the body of the cloth. He also pointed out how much, um, how many artistic renditions do show that when Jesus was crucified, the nails went through his hands. Um, but most of us know now that that's a very incorrect belief. The Roman crucifixions handled the nails going through the human body, like through the wrists and through the ankles, not necessarily mm-hmm. through the palms and your feet. Um, but the Shroud of Turin does show the correct placement of where the nails would have had to go. Most of us know that nails go through the wrists. Um, But what I did not know, and I would argue most of us don't know, is that we have a nerve that runs through our wrists. So if you were to be crucified, it would automatically cause your thumbs to like curl in so that you were like almost like you're showing someone the number four. Mm -hmm. Um, That's never depicted really in art. But if you look at the shroud of Turin, the way that his hands are, his thumbs are not visible. Um, And the pathologist argues this is because the shroud is displaying a real crucifixion victim fucking perfectly in the sense that their thumbs are not showing. Mm -hmm. Um, He also points out that the wound that Jesus would have gotten from like that spirit destiny piercing his rib would not have leaked only blood, but it would have been a mixture of blood and water just based on the nature of his injuries. Like, you know, when you fall down and your knee gets really swollen and you get like water on the knee, Mm -hmm. it would have been that same type of injury. Um, and interestingly enough, the shroud does have a spot on the chest wound where the blood is diluted or the pigment is diluted with water. Another pathologist looked at the shroud and believes that the reason some of the blood stains flow in such a way um indicates that this is the interesting part no that great. whoever was wrapped in the shroud was alive following the crucifixion. And this piece of evidence comes up because, like, another pathologist looked at it and was like, if this person was wrapped up the blood and were dead, the blood wouldn't have been flowing, there wouldn't have been any of these weird deposits. Um if I were examining this in a crime, I would say this person was alive when they were wrapped in the shroud. So therefore, according to the Bible, it can't be Jesus because Jesus Mm -hmm. died on the cross. Yeah. Um, If Jesus didn't die on the cross, then the entire argument that the Christian religion is based on is a lie. Mm -hmm. Which is why I do want to point out all the evidence that the Vatican curated to prove whether or not the Shroud of Turin was real or fake was recorded. There are parts of this video recording that were lost. Oh yeah. Conveniently.
0: Yeah. That's very convenient for them.
1: And we will get back to that. Um, So all these wounds beg the question, how can somebody endure that many injuries to their body and not shed one drop of blood. So the stains on the shroud that look like blood were tested by this research team in the 70s. And they actually had a really hard time finding any viable blood on it to test. Um, The research team who did the analysis and found blood were the representatives from the Vatican, the representatives whose video evidence of the blood test was mysteriously lost and or Mm -hmm. destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So the only people who say that they found blood on it were the Catholic Vatican's, the Catholics from the Vatican.
1: Yes. But if the Vatican's found running blood in the shroud and proved it was real blood, according to the forensic pathologist, that means that the person who was wrapped in the shroud was not killed during their crucifixion which leads to the point that the Vatican knows something and they're trying to fucking hide it. Specifically, Jesus did not die on the cross, which would completely wipe out the entire premise of the new. Testament. Cause the
0: Vatican is saying that the shroud is Jesus or
1: the, is the Vatican no. saying it's just a dude. The Vatican says this is a relic and they do not recognize it as like a specific miracle the way that they do other religious relics. They're like, yep, it's a artifact of history that shows Christianity. And that's the bare fucking minimum. So they're essentially saying this
0: is just a guy who was crucified. It's not necessarily Jesus.
1: They're saying it might as well be a really cool piece of art that just shows how much people love Christ. Okay. They put this, I dare say, on the same fucking level as if I drew a picture of Jesus in Bible school. Okay. They both show my love of Christ. They're both really valid ways. to This celebrate is a Jesus religion.
0: toast. This is Jesus toast.
1: And the conspiracy is that they don't want to release the fact that they tested actual blood on the shroud because then they're put in the corner of, if this is really Jesus who was crucified, then why the fuck was he alive when he was mm-hmm. wrapped up in this linen? yeah um which really is the hang-up for me because like you can believe the shroud is real or fake but the vatican hiding evidence about it i believe 100 percent is a fucking fact that they don't want something to get out about the shroud which makes it way more interesting to me
0: yeah no i agree to that i mean it's interesting that the crux of it all is if they're was blood found on it, that would mean that the person was still alive when they were wrapped in it. And I guess, I guess for me, I don't understand the importance of Jesus dying on the cross. What would it matter if he died in the cave?
1: Um, Because the idea was that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, not that Jesus was tortured on the cross, moved into a cave and then expired then. Um, There is, like, a sect of religious conspiracy saying that Joseph actually had a separate tomb and that Jesus lived and survived the crucifixion, um, which also would, like, completely undermine the Bible. Essentially, like, there are various religions where if you undermine the Bible, it completely undermines their entire belief system because they take the Bible literally. Okay. Okay. For people who don't take the Bible literally, it's like, I don't know what it matters. I'm sure it matters, but I'm not educated in that regard. I mean, I Um, guess it
0: just kind of fucks up all your imagery about the cross being so special.
1: Well, and it's also the same thing as like, what if Jesus had a kid? It may not specifically be mentioned in the Bible, but people don't want to think about Jesus and Mary Magdalene getting together. But most people do agree he did get together. But since it's not mentioned in the Bible, people just don't talk about it. I think... I do think that Jesus dying on the cross is important because that is, like, a foundation of, like, Christian belief because that's, like, one of the affirmations that you say um, to not deny Christ as I understand it. Um, And I could see the Vatican trying to hide that because the Vatican is very much, like, the Bible is… 100% 100% literal.
0: I just feel like if you, if your whole entire religion is going to fall apart because he died in a cave and not on a cross, then your religion was going to fall apart no matter what.
1: I agree. Um, but I do want to point out that this theory did slightly change in 2015, but that's only because some... DNA was pulled from the shroud, but it was only tested for its mitochondrial DNA. Um, it didn't undergo the same forensic analysis, which would have been really fucking cool because then we could have known if the person actually did die on the cross or after. Um, but Why the wouldn't DNA. They? they just
0: don't want to. They, they just, just don't, don't want to get answers. To get yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and all this specific test in 2015 did was prove that the mitochondrial DNA from the shroud is linked to areas in the Middle East. Um, And in fact, one of the scientists who analyzed the DNA says, and I quote, one of the most abundant human mitochondrial haptolites among those discovered on the shroud is still very rare in Western Europe and is typical of the Druze community, an ethnic group that has some origin in Egypt and that lives mainly in restricted areas in Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Israel, and Palestine. And I thought that was important to include, like, Jesus wasn't white. Um, yeah, always. I mean, I,
0: I've known this, but if Jesus was real, he wasn't white. People yeah. hate, you know, it's that trend of, like, what's something people aren't ready to hear. That's it. If Jesus was real, then he wasn't white.
1: I'll do you one better. What is not in the Bible, and people think it is, white people.
0: Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Just because um, his name's Joseph doesn't mean he's white.
1: Yeah. They had the name first.
0: They always did.
1: Um, so in conclusion, the shroud is the most studied artifact in human history. That's period, point blank. It just mm-hmm. is. Um, but we still don't know what it is. There are teams of scientists who pick up the cause and go back and forth on what it is exactly. But... We still have no definitive proof on whether it's a medieval fake or whether it's really a crucifixion cloth that wrapped a person in it um, shortly after or during their death. Um, Forensic evidence goes both ways. Scientific analysis goes both ways. So it's really up to you to decide if it's a crucifixion cloth or a very convincing piece of art.
0: Do you want to believe that it's a crucifixion cloth of jesus or of just someone who's been crucified
1: i do want to believe um that it is like a crucifixion cloth of jesus because i think that's really fucking cool to think about um but i also try to find some like really cool evidence of saying that like this was like an alien anomaly i found some stuff um that I probably should have brought up in it. Um, it just went back to more carbon dating. But I didn't want to seem too biased. But I might as well fucking bring it up now. Here we go. Uh, there was actually. In the Bible it mentions like some. Anomalies like earth anomalies. Which we would probably interpret as like an earthquake. Or a volcano that occurred after Jesus died. Um, and we do have. Geographical evidence. And historical evidence. That something did happen. Around 33 AD. And like deposits that happened during those sorts of cataclysmic events were found on the shroud which i thought was cool um i don't really know what it is i i think it would be cool if it was an actual image that was burned into a shroud one way or another because that's just cool i think yeah um does my whole religious faith depend on whether or not this is real or fake no sure I don't know. I'm kind of dumb. I am dumb, not even kind of dumb. What do you think it is, a fake or a crucifixion cloth?
0: I don't think it's anything to do with Jesus or Christianity. Mm -hmm. I think that something that Christians like to mow over is the fact that everyone was getting crucified. Yes. It was the way you got rid of your poor people and your thieves Mm -hmm. and the people you didn't like. It was just as common as drinking water. Um, so I feel like everyone holding on to the fact that, oh no, this is Jesus just proves to the point that people still refuse to recognize that crucifixion wasn't something special that was only done for Jesus Christ.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. Like, I think the most compelling thing about it is the science essentially says like, this is not a piece of art. But I do think it, like, but the fact that they don't really know what it is, um, I read one explanation that when those earthquakes and stuff happen, like, there's, like, huge uranium deposits that come out, and those can cause burns in fabric. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, yeah, this guy was, like, in an underground cave, and then there was a huge fucking earthquake, and there was, like, a weird scientific chemical anomaly that caused the fabric to take the deposit from his yeah. skin. And I was, like, oh, I'd buy that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would buy that more than anything. So.
1: But yeah, it's it's interesting. It is. Did you think that, I'm surprised that you hadn't heard of it, but I'm glad that that one-off comment sprouted an entire episode. Why would I know about it? I just assumed. It's like the um, Holy Grail. People just know about it, whether you're Christian or not. And you went to Bible camp. Yeah. H.J.'s went, on the bus. <laughs> I went to Bible camp for like.
0: Maybe uh, two years, and no one was talking about uh,
1: the Shroud of Turin. I honestly genuinely cannot remember where I heard about it. I did not hear about it in church.
0: If I probably would have stayed going to, like, Catholic church with my grandma, maybe I would have heard about it. Because it definitely seems like, I don't know. The imagery on it just looks very Catholic to me. Very Roman Catholic. like. That's why that's what also makes me suss about it, though, is that the actual image on it looks like a Roman Catholic painting of Jesus. Those are some of right. my favorite depictions of Jesus, because they're of like this scrawny, deteriorating, skeletal man suffering, bleeding out right. um, and very elongated features looking in pain. And that's what I would describe the shroud as as well. And that's just very yeah. Roman Catholic to me. So,
1: you know, I, yeah, I'd agree. Um, I thought the coolest part of this was all the forensics that went into it. That's what sold me the most was when the forensic yeah. guys came in and they're like, this is just like fucking physical science. And it wasn't, and it was stuff that you can understand, you know, they're like, this yeah. is how blood spurts from this area. And I was like, I've seen law and order SVU. I can comprehend this. Yeah. Um, but this spouted, like, other things we could probably talk about. Um, I actually, friend of the podcast, Michael, um, mentioned, like, Gnostic religions. And there's also, like, mystery cults that existed that we have – they're just cults in history. And we don't know what they worshipped, but we know that they existed. Um, might be fun to talk about. but Yeah.
0: Yeah, always. I mean, we are – getting ready to dip our toes into spooktober where we try to keep on a brand on the theme.
1: <clears throat> so if these cults are doing anything bloody and weird, absolutely. Yeah. And if anyone has anything they want to listen to, definitely let us know. Yeah. Don't just let Noel decide by yelling at me. So I will. I, uh,
0: hmm. yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things I feel about this. Uh, Number one, though, I don't think it's anything to do with Christianity. If anything, it's either a burial shroud from, you know, the countless unnamed people who were crucified back in the day, or a piece of medieval art, which kind of is what I lean towards just mm-hmm. based off of it visually. Because I don't know if you've seen like the 3D renditions of what Jesus would have looked like. It doesn't look like that.
1: Yeah, no. Um, but I will say, it is good to have you back. The solo episode was rough.
0: I can't believe you did one by yourself.
1: I didn't enjoy it. I thought I would. I had like six pages of notes, which is about what we try to type out for like mm-hmm. a full hour episode. And it took 20 minutes to get through it.
0: <laughs> See what will happen when I'm not interrupting you?
1: Yeah. Or we're not going off on a tangent. <laughs> I felt so weird. I was, like, doing my talks and looking into the camera to blackness, just a reflection of my, my own shitty head. <laughs> I was like, this
0: is the worst. Oh, I'm proud of you for, for doing it, though. I told you to bring someone else on, but. Uh...
1: I only know boys who are willing to do it. And all of my friends who are girls were in fucking New Orleans. So That's what was true. I going to do? I'm too scared to bring a boy onto the podcast. Ever since our like, oh yeah, our reading
0: our reading said no snakes, which are men. So that is true. That's a good yeah. point.
1: So I was like, I don't know what to fucking do. I just yeah. suffer. So. Good,
0: good point. Good point. I will say for those who don't follow me on Instagram, the best piece of information I got from New Orleans was from our cemetery tour and it was that um, still to this day it's very common for bones to come up that is just the topography of the area and the land it's essentially just a swamp which is why they're in the above ground catacombs to try to prevent uh, the ground from lifting bodies up but the most common bone to make it to the top of the surface is you have three little little bones in your ear. Um, Those ones, because they're the lightest and the smallest, so they'll pop up. Um, Anytime you see one of those like style of tombs and graves, they typically have rocks all over the ground. And that's also to help keep down bones and conceal them if they do come up. Um, So while we were standing next to one of the, the sites, like... One family had put white rocks down, also white because it gets super hot, you know, mm-hmm. reflecting. Um, and the one, the plot next to them was just like dirt and grass growing. And in it, you could see bone fragments popping up. Um, thought that was super interesting. And they just crack those bitches open and just stack you in there. You, The temperatures get so hot that you just, they say a year and a day is when you go back to the spot because they've just you know turned into dust fragments essentially and they just they sweep so that's where the saying i wouldn't touch that with the 10 foot pole comes from because there's like a little trap essentially like a trap door for where you uh take your little bone dust pole and you push all the remains down so that you could stack the next body in in there
1: so they're just your your jenga with bodies yeah is basically it
0: yep Yep, but you just, you disintegrate, essentially, and then you just get shoveled down to the bottom, and then, you know, start the process over again. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though, right? Yeah. And there are, thankfully now, because New Orleans is essentially, no one even can fathom the amount of unmarked graves that are that make up that entire fucking uh, state, but and specifically in the city county of New Orleans. But uh, now they have rules and regulations for cemeteries and plots and stuff like that. But it's kind of like a catch 22 because there are uh, like burial sites disintegrating into dust, into open, like they have opened, you can look in and see remains and they can't be touched or preserved by these preservation societies because they need express permission from the families and or any living relative, and for some of them, there are none. And it's because, so weird. Yeah. You can't
1: preserve yeah. a body without permission. That should just yep. be like human fucking morality.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think
1: it's cool because I got to see dead bodies. You so- did post some. It just looked like they were just straight up chilling out in the dirt. It almost mm-hmm. looked like a, like what you'd see in a horror movie. Yeah, just sun-bleached white bones. That is neat. Um, it would be really fun to go there. I hope what we learn on Saturday with our ghost tour has like cool stuff that we didn't know about. I'm hoping for the best and I'm not preparing for the worst. I'll wear a coat. That's going to be as much as I'm preparing for.
0: That is a good thing to prepare for. Uh,
1: I don't know anything about Ogden, so I'll learn something. I've been on tours through the Ben Lomond before that were like super fucking interesting. And I know that there are a ton of haunted places in Ogden, like Smiles Photography. Um, I thought about reaching out to them and asking them if we could do an episode there or an episode about it. Um, But i have not. Hashtag lazy. I mean... Ask him if we can film there. Some of the
0: most compelling ghost uh, footage and audio I've ever seen is from people who were doing a live stream and they couldn't hear anything but then when you played it back you heard stuff.
1: I do want to get like the equipment to record that. so let's like look into getting like a spirit box or whatever, especially I mean, when we go to Arizona.
0: Yeah, I mean we promised the people a ghost episode for October so things have to happen.
1: Cora sounds like a fucking ghost by the way. I thought someone was moaning when you first we first got on and it's just Cora breathing. They're sleeping, don't you see? I like that she has the bed and Apollo just head tucked under the wooden entertainment system. Cora. Come here. They were out out. What? Big stretch. Look what at that fucking big stretch. cuties.
0: Come here, nasty.
1: Sounds like Can someone's getting exorcism. You know what I miss? Ten seconds of silence to cancel out Cora's breathing. <laughs> oh. she's so
0: gross. She's so smelly. She can't get another bath for like a few, oh, another week because she's still got her stitches. You gotta get her dry shampoo. That's what I got. Puff. I usually bathe her once a week
1: because she stinks like butts. Hmm. Uh, she's extra stinky. Look how happy she is. Just make it a beeline back for her, to her, her breathe her.
0: smell like a human. Oh, <laughs>
1: that's
0: sick. Hello. Okay, let's get out of here. All right.
1: Hail linens. Hail Satan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>